When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I think they're a strong candidate to not only, uh, and I know Vikings fans probably don't want to hear this, not only like build through this draft, but to add more picks yet again, you know, for like the third straight year now where they probably are going to be trade back candidates consistently. And especially where they sit at pick 12 because of how deep this draft is towards the top. It may not have elite talent, but it has a lot of guys with first-round grades. Okay, is it, uh, I don't know, is it questionable that I recognized that voice and that face, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, not from Pro Football Focus, but from The Bachelorette a few seasons ago? Mm. Whose season was he on? Do you remember who The Bachelorette was? <sighs> Let's see here. Mike Renner. He had long hair. He had like the Fabio blonde oh, wow. long hair. Mike Renner, Bachelorette. <laughs> and now he's just like breaking. I think he got bounced on the first night or like, sure. you know, she meets 30 guys and then yeah. has to get rid of like eight on the first night. I don't think he made the cut. But can you imagine them just like on a on some sort of romantic date? You just start south of France. Football Listen, knowledge. Let me tell you about. Uh, Quick hands. Let me tell you about. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about catch radius here, baby. Yeah. I, I want to talk about a subject I'm passionate about. What's that, Mike? The Chargers. Their draft strategy. Oh, he was on Becca Kufrin's season. Oh, she's on Becca's from Minneapolis. Season. Yeah, the Minneapolis, Minneapolis Becca. So yeah. there you go. I like Becca. All right. See, didn't think you guys were going to get Bachelorette knowledge bombs dropped on you to start uh, Purple Daily. Presented by TCL. Oh, cool. One of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Mackie, Judd, executive producer Declan. And it's not often that we get breaking mock news off the top of a freaking show. (laughs) So we're doing mock a day here. On Purple Daily, we're bringing you a new mock draft every single day, and we're keeping track of the players that are mocked to the Vikings. And so Derek Stingley has been mocked six times to the Vikings. Trent McDuffie, five times. That's 11 cornerbacks. Uh, edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, twice. Jordan Davis, once. couple of trades. And we came in all set for a specific mock that we will still get to. And Declan goes, uh, did you guys see? Did you guys see what came out this morning? We have Godfather and Toddfather combining for a three-round mock on ESPN. I want a mock! Mock! Get it, baby. Which I have not seen. I have no clue. I'm, no, super, I excited. I'm super excited. So here we go. 
Let's uh, let me pull this up here. This is a three-round NFL mock draft. Mel Kiper, Todd McShay predict the top 105 picks alternating for all 32 teams. So <laughs> I'm guessing Kiper gets the first one. Contractually, right? You'd think that oh, Kiper yeah. picks first here. The hair or or he gets first. the option. He can defer. Maybe he can defer. Todd, 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 Todd. I'm guessing, but I'm guessing Mel does not in life defer. Oh, much. it's McSh- McShay gets the oh. first pick. Wow. Oh, my God. Mel's out of favor. Well, maybe Mel, maybe Mel had to defer a few things because he's not going to be there live. He has <laughs> health reasons for not getting vaccinated, and apparently, I don't know if they're not letting him be out there or whatnot. Yeah. But like, he's going to be f- like via satellite during the draft yeah, for the first time. Is he going to is he going to hold the bathroom breaks for eight hours? Like, like usual? I thought about you know what that was the first thing when I saw that story that I thought thought about. I'm, I'm like, I guess he could go to the bathroom now pretty quickly, <laughs> couldn't he? It's actually. A, a, it's perfect, right? He could just be sitting on a toilet, I guess. You know? Oh, God. You didn't have to say that. All right. Let's just get to the mic. Why'd you Why? Why? All right. Number one overall of the Jaguars. McShay has Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jags. Kuiper has Trayvon Walker, edge rusher, Georgia. The dude has tested out of his mind at the Combine Pro Day. Okay. Texans taking Kayvon Thibodeau. So three edge rushers in the first three picks. Then we get to Sauce Gardner at four to the Jets. Iki Aquanu, the first offensive player off the board at five, tackle from North Carolina State. Malik Willis. Kuiper has Malik Willis going sixth to the Panthers. Hmm. Yeah, I think he goes hmm. I think he goes two, six, or eight. Okay. I really do. Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher Florida State to the Giants at seven. Okay, that's getting more consistent. He's going Garrett up. Wilson, receiver Ohio State, to the Falcons at 8. Evan Neal, tackle Alabama, to the Seahawks at 9. Drake London, second receiver off the board of the Jets at 10. Kyle Hamilton, safety Notre Dame, to the Commanders at 11. And with the 12th pick, Mel Kuyper has the Vikings selecting Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback LSU. It's the seventh time Derek Stingley has been mocked in the last three weeks on Mock-A-Day. Okay. Vikings. Stingley made the list of my favorite prospects, Kuiper writes, and I mentioned that Minnesota is probably his floor in round one. NFL teams will bet on his talent, even with back-to-back injury-plagued seasons. So, Godfather Mock still has Derek Stingley going to the Vikings here. Mm. Any thoughts? I mean, he's just like the most mocked player to the Vikings. Right? So, I think, uh, I think my thought is this. I think the consensus... Is that if Stingley's there, the Vikings take him. If Stingley, like, there's probably a, a group of players who are, if they're at twelve, the Vikings will pounce. If those players are gone, which they could be, they trade back. And by the way, to go back to the top of the show, by I don't, I don't have, I don't have a problem with the Vikings trading back. I have a problem if they trade back to get cute, because that's what Spielman did eventually like Spielman literally passed up good players because I can he's not good enough so I can so if your strategy is to trade back to get let's say a first round pick in 2023 or to get or to or to try to win a trade and not be cute I'm not going to say well that's what Rick did I'm going to say that's what Rick did when you end up with let's say 12 to 15 picks and it's very clear that you're doing it because your reputation is he's trader Rick and he trades back. That yeah. was my problem with Rick by the end. And and I've said this a million times on the show, but I always feel like it's if you're looking for job preservation and you're looking to take the criticism off of your back, 
trading back and accumulating picks and playing the volume game is an easy way to do that. Well, listen, we didn't, you know, if you trade picks to move up and you whiff and lose the picks, now you stand out, right? But if you whiff first or second round, but still, you know, hey, we look at, but look who we landed. We landed a starter in the sixth round because it's a crapshoot. So I think in the 15 years of Rick Spielman overseeing the draft, the Vikings were always just like, ah, let's not put our necks out there and trade up very often early in the draft. They've done it before. Like, they've traded back in the first round. Um, let's keep going here. Godfather, Toddfather, going back and forth. So just a few other picks in the first round. Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State, going to the Texans right after. Trent McDuffie, the third cornerback to the Ravens. Uh, he's got Jamison Williams, the receiver from Alabama, going to the Eagles. Chris Olave, 19 to the Saints, another wide receiver. Kenny Pickett to the Steelers at 20. He's the next quarterback off the board. Staying in Pittsburgh. Packers taking a receiver at 22 from North Dakota State, Christian Watson. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Into the second round here. Let's just skip right to the Vikings here. Pick number 46. Again, Mal Kuyper. Tight end, Colorado State, Trey McBride. McBride is the first tight end off the board in a so-so class, and the Vikings need to replace Tyler Conklin, even with Irv Smith Jr. coming back from injury. McBride is a threat in line and from the slot, so apparently he can catch passes. Thoughts on a tight end here? In the second round, for a team that's probably not going to use a tight end a ton... Or a backup, um, a backup tight end, or a backup tight end. Yeah, no, no, no. So, no. so he, so just so you know, like, because obviously mm-hmm. we're not exactly following Colorado State and Mountain West football very closely. Yeah, speak for as yourself. a as a Use senior, that. this dude caught ninety passes for eleven hundred yards. Yep. So and, and only one touchdown. So he was great between the twenties and, and caught over a thousand yards worth of passes and won the Mackey Award for the tight end of the year. And other guys who have won that award recently, Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, uh, even uh, Matt Spath from the U of M also won this award in 2006. So, like, there's been some legitimate guys. Aaron Hernandez has won this award. So I I wouldn't, I would rule it out. I would be on board with this pick. I would honestly be all all aboard on this pick. If he can catch passes and make this offense more dangerous, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Hold on a second here. Is there a receiver there approximately... Um, I just, I don't see them taking a backup at, at a position that I don't think they're going to use a ton. I just don't. There's a receiver the that goes, round. the next that's pick, round. there's a receiver from Western Michigan, row the boat, uh, Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Greg so I, I, I know, I know nothing about Sky Moore, but Sam Howell, quarterback UNC goes a couple picks later to the, to the Saints here. And then getting into the third round mm-hmm. at pick 77, Todd McShay has the Vikings taking Defensive tackle from Texas A&M, DeMarvin Leal. So there you have it. I want a mock! Mock! The write-up there is the Vikings allowed 4.7 yards per carry last season, tied for third worst in the NFL. They need help up the middle. Their edge rushing could use depth. So while Leal lacks the ideal speed of an edge rusher or the ideal size of a traditional defensive tackle, Minnesota would welcome a prospect like him who can move around and affect multiple areas of the defense. So, All right, let's talk about let's talk about this draft from a positional value standpoint to this team, though. Okay, the third round pick makes some sense. That I get. Positionally, gaining depth at uh, interior defensive line, I totally get. Stingley, I totally get. A tight end, I don't get. I, I think we're. 
I think we're all looking at, at this as we discussed on Monday's show as to like how the Vikings operated and what teams you, but I mean, you have to look at very, very narrow specifics. And this is an offensive coach who puts a premium, which is, and by the way, this is fine on wide receivers. Tight ends can be important, but they're not the most important thing. If the Vikings invest a second round pick in a position that's going to be a backup that they're not going to use a ton, I'm going to be absolutely very, very surprised. Well, and and another thing we we another thing we don't know is what types of spins will Kevin O'Connell put on this offense because it's it's easy to look at the 2001 Rams and say, well, that's kind of a blueprint, right? You got your Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins type quarterback, and again, I don't think those guys should be in the same bin, but like a lot of people put them in the same bin, and Kevin O'Connell enjoys working with Kirk Cousins. So there's some similarities there, right? They run a lot of uh, you know three wide receiver sets and a lot of a lot of pre-snap motions that you can run wide receivers back and forth and, and create confusion or the illusion of complexity. But the Rams in 2021, behind Tyler Higby, who was their number one tight end, he caught 61 passes for 560 yards. All right, he was actually their second leading receiver behind Cooper Cup in terms of receptions. Um. Their backup tight end was Kendall Blanton. He caught four passes. <laughs> right. Right. And Irv Smith could be that guy to catch a, a ton of, of passes. I just don't see them using a second-round pick on a backup tight end. 2020, a little bit of a different story. So the, the, the three top receivers for the Rams were Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Josh Reynolds. They caught 92, 90, and 52 passes respect, uh, respectively. And then Tyler Higby caught 44 passes. Gerald Everett was their backup tight end that season. He caught 41 passes. So two years ago, the Rams mixed in, I don't know, 40 more catches to tight ends. So it's just, it's, it's, if, listen, if he's got two weapons and he feels like they're kind of wide receiver tight end hybrids, then yeah. he might find a way to mix them in creatively and create mismatches against linebackers and whatnot. So Let's talk about what, what you just said though because it's a it's this is where it gets meat and potatoes interesting what you just said two years ago is with Jared Goff at quarterback right then you went to then you went to Matthew Stafford who's considered rightfully so a superior quarterback now while I do not agree that you can just say well Stafford and Kirk same guy I do think that Kirk is far closer to Stafford uh, to Matthew Stafford than to Goff, because I think Goff is not good. Um, think of it this way. Tight ends, when when you get into the the minutia of tight ends, we are passing to tight ends. What are they? They are the ultimate, in some ways, they're, they're like a fullback. They're the ultimate safety blanket option, which is you sort of suck. We're going to give you safety <laughs> blankets. We're going to give you beanies. We're going to treat you like a baby, and we're going to give you a lot of options, short passes, yeah. where if it breaks down, you can make that pass, okay? Yeah, I but feel when we get But when we get into the Cousins-Stafford uh, discussion, we're talking big boy quarterback time, okay? We're talking big boy passing. And the Vikings have every intention, or they better, to open this thing up. Like, we're talking high-flying, high-wire act. As Phil said, this should be a track meet team. This should be an attract meet team. Just not throw the ball to the backup tight end because the quarterback doesn't like what's going on. That quarterback drives the ball downfield, football people. Drives the ball downfield. Football. The point being, Irv Smith 
healthy, could be very good. And I think he deserves the ball. Yep, I but, think. An, oh, sorry, but I'm talking. About, but I'm talking about three wide receiver sets where the wide receivers are the options. And if you can't make the throw, we got problems. Yep, and I think you know by the end of if you think about it, the difference between last year and the year before for the Rams, you go from like you said, Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. And Kirk Cousins is much more Matthew Stafford than he is Jared Goff, right? He'll like he will throw the ball down the field, gets a little safety blanket conscious sometimes, but they'll work on that, I'm sure. And Van Jefferson emerged in year two, second round pick from 2020, as a viable deep threat target. You know, he actually led the team in yards per reception, and then they added Odell Beckham Jr. halfway through after Robert Woods got hurt. So at the beginning of the year, it was Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson. And then by the end of the year, it was Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Odell Beckham Jr., and then a couple other receivers mixed in, too. Um, and the and to your point about safety blanket, check down, et cetera, Tyler Higby may have finished second on the team in receptions, but he averaged only 9.2 yards per reception in that offense. 13 for Cup, 16 for Jefferson, 12 for Odell Beckham Jr. So you're just you're, you're chunking more yardage in that system with the receivers than you are with the tight ends. Yes, something to watch. And so. and I think I think a very subtle thing that we're not going to uh, talk about a ton, but that they're going to do from day one. And I think this is the most important thing with Kirk: remove some of the safety nets. So they're not all gone. I'm not trying to imply that that he that he's going to consistently ha- have to make stupid throws. But I am saying, if you think about it, previously Kirk sort of got all of these. You know, there's. There's Ham. He can check yeah. it down to Ham. and it, So I'm talking about the complexity of the offense flat out is going to increase, and, and it should. And that's going to force Kirk to have to make quicker decisions for chunk plays as opposed to, oh, my God, I can't make this throw. I, I, I can't do this. I'm just going to check her down to C.J. Ham. So I'm serious. I think you have to remove some of the safety options. Because the only way that this is going to work is if this thing turns into a explosive type offense. So, Kirk, just for fun here, we should do a deep dive into this at some point. So, Tyler Conklin, who is a solid tight end, but let's face it, he's he's kind of a borderline starting tight end. He was a backup thrust into a starting role. Kirk completed six. This is amazing. Ninety five, a hundred twenty, almost a hundred fifty passes. To Conklin, Dalvin, Madison, and Ham last season. Mm-hmm. So almost 150 completions. He only, com- I mean, I say only. He completed 307. So like 40% of his completions were to a backup tight end, two running backs, and a fullback last year. Okay? The Rams, so Higby caught 61. Daryl Henderson was uh, the top receiving running back at 20, 29. So that gets you to like... 90 and then Sony Michelle caught 20. So, that, so basically, you're swapping out here, and it's not apples to apples. Stafford completed 30 more passes on the year, but what I'm saying is Stafford is swapping out like 40 or 50 passes from running back, fullback, backup tight end to receivers that actually chunk yards down the field. So, whether that's schematics or whether it's Stafford, it's probably a combination of both. Making that swap is going to be huge if the Vikings want to go from 14th. You know, great. You complete a pass to a running back for six yards. Right. It helps your completion percentage. It helps your passer rating. And it's not an interception. Did it move the chains? Did it get you a big play down the field to set yourself up for a score, right? Like, those are the things they have to look at in the margins. So, 
We should, yeah, we should definitely do a deeper dive on that at some point in a future episode. That's not all. We have another fascinating mock here in a second. Going to be presented by our friends at Livia because we're looking to lose weight. Pretty much all of us except for Declan. Aren't we all? And there's a great way yeah, to do this at Livia. <laughs> That's exactly right. My friends at L- Livia Weight Control Centers have what they're calling now their new Simple Start plan for just $59. That's right, 59 bucks. You get one-on-one personalized and guided support online or in person from their team of experts. So that means that you can go in, you can get weighed, get your food, talk to a dietitian. But if you are a, a PD listener or viewer in, I don't know, Arizona, Texas, Florida, California, guess what? You, you can join too. In fact, we have people who have who have gotten on the plan from all of those states. The food is shipped to them. They do virtual consultations. It's fantastic. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com, or 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. The weight comes off, and then here's the best part, and this is where I am right now. They will help you keep the weight off. That's right. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com, for a lifestyle that's going to make you look and feel better. Love it. Uh, and then now when you're when you're feeling good about your weight, maybe you can pick up the golf clubs, Declan. Maybe you can swing down to the Meadows at Mystic, I a have, partner of ours here on Purple Daily. And I have a little bit of uh, breaking news in that front. Oh, wow. Because guess what? We have an open date for the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Thursday, May 5th, the Meadows at Mystic Lake opens up to the public. Cinco de Mayo! Let's get it. Cinco de Mayo, they open up. That's awesome. And with a special rate of just $80 plus tax from now through May 5th. So finally, golf season is upon us. They already have the Great Meadows Bar and Grill. They have a phenomenal golf shop, but now the course is actually open. So head on down there, golf the meadows at Mystic Lake. And then let's say you uh, you want to lock into that low rate, like $80 plus tax at Meadows. That's a, that's a deal right there. We can pick up that frequent player card which then locks you into $75 plus tax, and you can book your tee times three weeks in advance. It's one of the nicest courses in all of the Midwest, so you don't really have a lot of time to book out a tee time. Well, you get the frequent player card, and you can book out your tee times three weeks in advance. Golf the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Send me a picture. Send me a picture from the tee box. We have show us your cans. Show us your tee boxes, please. I want to see your drivers hitting bombs out there. That's what I want to see. Is there a we could there? shorten that by getting rid of the word tea, but I don't want to go there. Show us your show us your tea boxes is probably the, yeah, probably we'll the best to, way to go there. We'll, we'll figure out something there. <laughs> with a surly. Yes, yeah, with the exactly. surly. I want a All right, we we also I mean this is what a day for what a day for my draft boys. We have a Schrager 2.0 from NFL.com and Good Morning Football. Oh Peter Schrager is coming in with a 2.0. Let's fly through it real quick here. So uh, as a reminder, he says this isn't what this isn't what I would do. It's what I'm hearing from my sources around oh, the league. This is even better then. So this is not, yeah, this is not just like him sitting in a robe in his bathtub, you know, playing GM. This is him sitting in a robe Mental in his bathtub on the phones you're with GM. In my head today are bothering me. <laughs> Mel Kiper on a toilet now, Schrager in the bathtub. He has he has Trayvon Walker going to the Jaguars number one overall. Smokescreen season, baby. Interesting. I'm okay. told by people in the know that the decision on this pick is far from made. With less than two weeks to go, Jaguars are still building their board. Mm. All right. Okay. Aiden Hutchinson staying in his home state to the Lions. Iki Aquanu to the Texans. Kayvon Thibodeau Jets. Charles Cross, Giants. Kenny Pickett to the Panthers. Interesting. 
Apparently Pickett's meeting with the Panthers last week went really well. There's also discussion about the Panthers trading for Baker Mayfield. Pickett. Oh, how far the mighty have fallen. Scoffing and laughing at the report from Judd that the, well, we would never be interested in yeah, yeah, we, we And now they're like, uh, is Baker Mayfield available? We yeah. don't have a quarterback. All right, yeah. guys. I think Pickett is more prepared to play on opening day, but I don't think he's the better pick. Yeah, well, they're desperate and they're idiots. Willis in Carolina, is the better so. pick. They yeah. are. They are. And Matt Rule's going to get fired. Giants taking Sauce Gardner at seven. Evan Neal, the tackle from Bama to the Falcons at eight. Derek Stingley to the Seahawks at nine. Jamison Williams, receiver Bama to the Jets at 10. Garrett Wilson, receiver Ohio State to the Commanders at 11. And that leaves the Vikings, according to Peter Schrager, at pick number 12. To select Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher, Florida State. I want a mock! Wow. Third, so, third time? This is the third time Jermaine third Johnson time he's has been, been mocked to the Vikings. Vikings. Yep. Okay. yep. And the write-up is Derek Stingley Jr.'s defensive coordinator at LSU, Durante Jones, is now coaching with the Vikings. I think the talented corner is the apple of the Vikings' eye. If he's off the board, look for Johnson, an Eden Prairie, Minnesota native, who's viewed by most teams as the fourth pass rusher off the board. Kyle Hamilton goes to the Texans at 13, and then um, Malik Willis falls to the Steelers at 20. Safe to say if the Vikings pass on... Hamilton at 12, there will be some very upset people, right? Like he, because he is seen as a top 10 guy. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm upset. I'm saying I think that if he falls to them at 12 and they don't take him, I think you will have some people questioning that big time. I think people are going to question almost anything, right? Like, is there, is there a pick that they, that people just flat out, I mean, if, I think Stingley, sort of like Sauce Gardner falling, which isn't going to yeah, happen. I think, I think Stingley will get good reviews from the majority. Don't you guys? He makes me nervous, man. I don't disagree. I'm just saying I think he'd get – I'm trying to think about what would what would actually cause sort of like some controversy and what wouldn't. Well, there's so – the problem with this year's draft is there's no like – it's the most random top 15. People are guessing at the number one pick still, you know? This is one of the most wide. Yeah, like, right. There's most years I feel like we go in and we pretty much know like, all right, these are the first three players off the board, and then like the top ten's probably going to play out this way. I mean, there's guys, there's guys that are being mocked in the top five that could fall outside the top ten, just like there's guys being mocked in the teens that could sneak up into the top five or six, and we don't know in what order the quarterbacks are going to go. So it's just so wide open. I don't know. It almost makes you feel like they should trade back, right? If it's That's that what I was wide open. Say. If Hamilton's there at 12 and they don't want him, I think they trade back. Would you take Hamilton at 12? I hate drafting a safety yeah, in the first I do round. Too. No chance. I do, too. And Harrison Smith went late first round, which I think is appropriate. Um, but if I didn't want him, I think I would trade back. I think that you could get a pretty good ransom if he's there. Because he is basically in these mocks up until now, a consensus top 10 pick. So I think somebody would come get him, but I agree. I really struggle like with a running back first round, safety first round. There's certain positions that I think I would probably bail backwards, but I would want a lot for that pick. Yeah. I wouldn't well, and this is where like, so on the Kyle Hamilton front, I think this is the first time we've seen him fall past the Vikings. I feel like yep. we've seen him fall to like 9, 10, 11, 
but he fell to 13 in Peter Schrager's mock. And this is according. So he's getting steam from front offices that Kyle Hamilton might actually fall. Right. And if you're just drafting for 2022, you don't really need Kyle Hamilton on paper, right? Because you've got Harrison Smith still playing at a high level. And Cam Bynum was one of the highest graded players on the team in like 250 snaps. But if you start to look beyond 2022, Harrison Smith's 32 years old. He's not going to, this might be his last season as a Viking. So if you start looking beyond this year, how about a Kyle Hamilton, Cam Bynum back end of your defense? Both guys on rookie scale contracts. Yes, sir. But does that help you for 2022 when you put all these chips into trying to win big, right? Competitive rebuild. It's hard. It's hard to be competitive. as If you're trying to be as competitive as possible, you're probably not drafting Kyle Hamilton. But if you're trying to rebuild and build this monster defense for the future, then Cam Bynum, Kyle Hamilton on cheap contracts for the next four years is a pretty nice little deal. I really struggle with trying to fill immediate needs. So, like, at some point in time, somebody with this godforsaken franchise has to pivot to the future. Like, I understand what they're doing. I don't agree, but I get it. But I also feel that somebody eventually has to say, okay, we have to use the 2022 draft to fill fill future needs to. Like, it can't all be about this season. Um, the issue, though, where I agree with you is it sort of pains me to take a safety at 12. So that's where I might go backwards. And I look, until it doesn't happen, personally, I am big on trying to get a, two, a 2023 first. Mm-hmm. I well, really wh- want to be there. What is their, to me, I think their biggest long-term need is a cornerback because Patrick Peterson's old and signed a one-year contract. They have a stopgap slot cornerback, and Cam Dantzler, I think, is going to be a starter for the next five years, but the jury's still out on him. So, like, but they've got three guys for this year that they feel okay about, so they don't, they don't like, need a starter. It would be nice to have an upgrade, but I think if you're, if you're looking at a three- to five-year window, I still think cornerback is probably your biggest need. If you're trying to win now, so like like let's just say they're like screw it, we are all in the wills, all of us, 2022. You guys, I think you draft a receiver. I think you go track me. That's a long term need too, though, because because of Thielen's sure. age and contract status. So, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the reality. If you if you sit down and say, okay, scheme and coaching defensively are going to to help because Mike completely lost his fastball. Um, and we have, and we have that, and we also went out in the free agency period and, and you know, signed guys for defense. But ultimately, we're going to have to win games with Kirk and company. Like we're going to have to just outscore teams. That's how we're going to win. Um, I think that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would love. I would just love to see this offense jump to be to be a thirty points per game offense. Uh, speaking of the draft, while well, this whole episode wound up being a type a, a Godfather, Toddfather, I, and you know what? Schrager mock episode, the Lord we, had, we had other stuff we were going to do. That's okay. No, God provided. That's what she says. God will provide. Um, let's talk real quick about speaking of the draft. We would love to see as many of you as possible, Purple Daily listeners and viewers, at the Surly Purple Daily Draft Night Extravaganza. Next Thursday, April 28th, where Surly will be brewing a special Before I Die Minnesota football ale, Judd. One night only. Doors open at 3. We start at 6. There, there will be an extra camera and mic there. 
going to be a draft slash Vikings vet line as well that's going to involve you. And here's the best part. While you're sipping on the Before I Die beer, you can mosey on over, say hi to us, and say, I want to give you some hot takes. And you know what? This show loves, it loves hot takes. And so, yes, it's going to be fun. As Phil continues to say, we want to see as many of you as possible at the Surly Brew Hall a week from Thursday, 3 o'clock doors open, 6 o'clock we start, and we go until the draft is done. And uh, we will all enjoy a Before I Die beer. And perhaps some year soon, boys, the promise will be fulfilled. That's right. <laughs> this will be the building block for that promise to be yeah. fulfilled where we will all see that championship. Yep. And, and if you attend, you have a chance to win a 65-inch 5 Series TCL Google Smart TV. So definitely come by. And uh, we're giving away a lot of other things, surly packages, baseball tickets, and more. So uh, check it out. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years. They've been helping us for a number of years, too. Keep the lights on at Score North, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily. So uh, if you're a business owner and you're looking for better frontline protection and risk management and looking to maximize your business, federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. That is a wrap. I'm Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We'll see you guys tomorrow.